You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Welcome to this Stag Sports Network pod special, as today we're checking in on the latest news and notes from Fairfield Athletics. My name is JJ Duke. Hope everyone is doing well out there. If you haven't already, make sure that you take a moment to subscribe to the Stag Sports Network on Apple Podcasts or have been checking in on FairfieldStags.com as we've been churning them out over the last couple of weeks. Uh, that includes the open court with Jay Young, where very recently he sat down with Bob Huesler and Joe DeSantis to discuss the early outlook on the 2020-2021 season, as well as our new featured called Letters to the Herd, where I sit down with Fairfield student-athletes as they reflect on their time in being part of the university community. So if you haven't already, make sure you go subscribe to that. Today's pod, we're going to be featuring the Fairfield University women's soccer team. We'll have a look back on what really was a program-defining season as the MAC uh, championship run that Fairfield made uh, getting to the championship game last fall, dive into what's been happening over the past couple of months within the team, as well as the announcement of their recruiting class. So joining us here on the Stag Sports Network today is the head coach of the program. That's Dave Barrett. Dave, uh, first off, how are you doing and how have things been going for you over the past couple of weeks during uh, these times? Hey, JJ. Um, thanks for having me. This is great. Uh, I'm really happy to be <clears throat> doing something that is relevant to our team and, and um, out there doing something that feels normal. Um, you know, I think we've been sort of sheltering in place like everyone else has. Um, I'm sitting from my home office here in Trumbull, and uh, it's been a busy time. I've got three small school-aged children who I'm homeschooling simultaneously with trying to do my work and keep up with the squad and whatnot. And uh, my wife is also working from home. So we've got quite a, <laughs> quite a scene going in our house right now. But uh, we're hanging in there. Uh, kids are generally in good spirits here. We're, we're just kind of doing what we need to do to, to get through this. Home office for you is outside right now. And thankfully, we actually have some nice weather that we can do things uh, out of the house. Has that now become a temporary office to maybe get away from the chaos that's inside? <laughs> you bet. It's, uh, it's a, it is a beautiful day today. It's a little cool, but it's actually a little, little fall-like, to be honest. But um, yeah, trying to find a quiet space in our house is, is a bit of a challenge. So I've, I've escaped to the front porch so I could be in a isolation within my isolation for for a little bit so we shouldn't get interrupted right now excellent well we appreciate you sitting down with us and like i said we're going to do a few things today and the uh, first bit of it kind of have a look back a little bit on last season and this is really kind of the first time you and i have had a chance to really kind of dive into what that year was like and you know we look back in your first year 2018 inheriting a squad have a seven win season but just two wins and a couple of draws in league play going into last year, your team was projected to finish outside of the playoff picture. And you had a relatively young team and a bit of an inexperienced team as well. But, you know, what was that year like for you? And when did you think to yourself, boy, we actually have a chance of making a run here? Well, you know, I, th I think the going into year two, uh, there was much more optimism uh, in the uh, from the coaching staff in terms of what we had um, in the roster for ability and and so forth. We knew we were going to be young. Um, we knew we were going to be inexperienced, and but we thought we'd have ability, athleticism, and depth. Um, and I think those things proved to be very valuable. 
Um, I think the culture is still growing and, and improving. And I think we've, we've shifted into a mode that the players have um, a purpose and belief into what they're doing. Um, they believe in each other. They believe in kind of what we're, we're trying to accomplish. And I think those things kind of all sort of came together in a really positive way. Um, you know, it took, it took some time to sort of build, build a, a rapport with the squad and, and, you know, bring in some, some different players that were going to enhance the overall quality of it. But I kind of had a feeling that like we knew, we knew our auto conference schedule was going to be really, really tough. Um, you know, we got off to a good start and, and had a couple good results early on, which I think helped our confidence quite a lot. And uh, by the time we got into Mac play, we, we just felt like we could, we could, if we just got, um, some things going our way and, and we could, um, you know, we could score some goals, which we, we felt we could, then things were going to kind of could go our way. Yeah, you talk about a few of those things, goals obviously being one of them. And my goodness, your group really just having a consistency, finding the back at, almost at will. You had over 40 goals last year, really one of the better offensive seasons that you've had in a while. And always kind of a common thread that you and I have talked about, whether it's before a match or, you know, maybe after practice a day. And you always say that the group is, you know, it's a work in progress or we're getting there. Mm -hmm. At what point do you feel like right now, reflecting on 2019, how much of a jump did they really make? And have you even exceeded some of your expectations in just short amount of time? Um, you know, uh, we have pretty high expectations for ourselves, so it's hard to exceed them, to be honest. Um, I felt we could be competitive, um, and, and I always think we should be in the top three no matter what. Um, so... You know, for me, like uh, finishing where we were is is sort of what I I, I want our standard to be. Um, not, I mean, obviously we want to win a title too, but like get, being in that mix should be sort of the norm for our program. Um, and I think the players have that expectation as well. I, I think the the key is to to focus, keep them focused on 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 process oriented goals and not the outcome. Not like going into season, well, we've got to win the MAC championship this year. Like we just go day by day and go and do our work, um, and then you start adding up those days, those minutes, those hours, and then suddenly you find yourself in a good spot. Um, you know, philosophically, I think the team started to kind of, you know, appreciate what we wanted to do in in, in terms of on the field stuff, and, and I think that led to being more. Uh, risk taking in the final third and, and honestly I just felt like you know the way the way our, our conference is, is set up like if you can if you can create um, danger and you put pressure on our opponents like they're gonna you're gonna get more good than bad that comes from it so we, we certainly we're not going to take our foot off the gas in terms of wanting to, to generate scoring chances and and be dynamic and and make teams deal with us you know I think if you if you put yourself on the front foot in that regard like you're you're gonna you're gonna find yourself being more successful than not in the, in the big picture of things you talk about Having team, having your team being more aggressive in the final third and being clinical in front of goal. And if you look at kind of those results, you're talking about how you're not so much focusing on the outcome. You're looking at how you got there. You did see that growth go in. I mean, I remember there was a number of games last year where it just looked like, okay, if there might have been not that many chances in that match, and this is, you know, soccer at the end of the day, you might only get one or two real good chances, you're putting them away as opposed to, you know, letting a team off the hook for maybe some mistakes. And 
the clinicalness was there, but also the hunger really started to come out. I think almost one of the turning points of last year, it wasn't one of your higher scoring games, but it was the game that you needed to win. It was ugly in the sense of conditions. It was ugly in the sense of, well, you know, sometimes you have to scrap out a result, but it was that two nil game in a monsoon at home to Marist in mid October. But all of a sudden you start to see, you know, the light bulb go on and say, yeah, we've got a real chance at getting this because we're winning in all different facets. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that game up. I actually thought that was one of our better games uh, for the most part um, during the course of the season. And, and I thought we played really, really well. Um, I think if I, if I have the, the numbers right, I think we actually we – did, they didn't have even a shot on goal in the first half. They didn't have a shot attempt. I mean, we really kept them back up. And I, I thought we played well. We defended well. Um, that was a game where you kind of felt like we should, you know, like we were, we're a better team and like we've sort of turned a corner in terms of what, what our confidence was, was bringing to the table on a day-to-day basis. Um, that was, that was a tricky game in terms of the conditions and so forth. But, but I think that was a game we, we sort of looked at, um, even going into it, it's like, we should have this game. You know, that was a game we, even at their place last year, I felt, you know, they finished second and we, we had a good game against them when we had nothing to play for, you know, and honestly, I, I just felt going into this season in to- totality, Quinnipiac and Monmouth, I felt are going to be really good. And then after that, like, it's really wide open. And I felt as, um, as inexperienced and as much as we struggled my, f- my first year um, in terms of getting things together, we were competitive in a lot of games and I just thought if we could just, you know, make a few changes, like we could, we could really be onto something. And then we could start focusing in on the, the top of the heap, which is Monmouth, obviously. And, um, you know, I think it's importantly, like our, our team isn't afraid of them. Like, you know, we played a good, the first game against them was good. The second game, we didn't have a good day, but we're not afraid of them. We know they're really good and we know what we got to do, but it's not an intimidation thing. It's, it's just we're not there yet. And I think I keep telling people two things about where we get where we are heading into this fall is one, last year wasn't a destination. So don't look at it as like, well, we've, we've sort of arrived because we haven't. And then the second thing is we're not going to sneak up on anyone. You know, I, I don't think anyone in the conference sort of expected us to be as as good as we were as quickly as we were. And, I, and I, I'm certain that we caught some people off guard. Um, but so that that element of surprise is now gone. Like they're going to come after us, and they're going to know. Like okay, Fairfield's pretty good, and if we fall asleep on them, we could we could lose five or six nothing pretty quickly. So um, so <clears throat> having those challenges in front of us is 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 fine. Um, but that's just where we are, you know, and and we're perfectly okay with that. Certainly, words live by, and it might not just be five or six. It might be the eight that you put past Iona that set a or tied a program record for most goals scored at home in a single game. And I do have to ask before we kind of turn the page towards this year: Was there a moment that you remembered when recalling upon the season that you're like, "Yeah, that was one of those days that everything, either for you, everything right, or just one that was like, you know, I just enjoyed that day the best." <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think there are a few games that kind of. You know, when I think of it in totality, um, I thought our result at Penn early in the year was really crucial. I mean, we didn't – we played hard. I mean, I think that's the thing that, that we're going to be known for as a program. We're going to play hard. We're going to play with grit and determination, and we're never going to quit. 
and if we can if you can sprinkle in some some talent into that then i think that's a recipe for some for some success but i thought that pen game was rewarding because it was a result that nobody anticipated and and we hung on i mean it wasn't a day that we outplayed them or anything but we we hung on and we got a result i thought the maris game was a really good one i thought the niagara result was really good considering on the wednesday we had gotten pounded at brown and i was really worried about how the first conference game was going to go and we came out and hung five on them um and then obviously in the semifinal against quinnipiac i thought that was a really good game um Everything came together. We got our tactics right. The kids played really well. Um, you know, made it a big adjustment from the first game where, where I felt like we didn't have, didn't have it right and didn't set the players up for, for, for success. But I felt like everything kind of worked as planned in that game, and, and we did a nice job. So there's a few games that sort of stand out, and, and I think the, the team, you know, again, grew quite a lot and, um, you know, we're looking forward to what's what's next for us. Yeah, definitely that Quinnipiac game. That that's one of those classic proper cup ties where there were not many chances at all. Both teams are canceling each other out. Diodati with that lovely solo effort, and then Aitana Mushayev comes up with a couple of brilliant saves in the last five minutes. I mean, that you expect a team to push like that, and she stood tall. So yeah, there's a lot of great things to talk about last year, and you know, this kind of brings to an odd transition, but one that I don't think gets talked about enough here. And obviously with the, you know, what's happening right now uh, with COVID-19 and how sports really have been shut down here in America, uh, the spring sports losing half of their season or m- the majority of their season, winter sports losing their championships. But the fall teams, this spring season is just as important as the fall because it gives you a chance to develop, continue that process, to go over some things that you didn't have a chance to really focus on or work on during the fall, and maybe if it's needed to bring some new tactics to the table. So I have to ask you, during this time, what has changed for your group? How have you had to maybe approach this period differently, knowing that you could have been having sessions, a lot of sessions, and a lot of productive moments with your team on the field? Yeah, I I think this is um been a real challenge in in the respect of having the ability to to give players an opportunity to to demonstrate how much they've developed how much they've grown what they can do um in game situations and and i think that's really what what has been lost is the opportunity for for players to um to play in in games uh you know we have five opportunities in our non-traditional season and obviously all those were erased um january and february for us were pretty typical a lot of conditioning a lot of strength a lot of skill work um kids were doing a great job of 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 giving us a great effort and and being committed and doing the best they could but it's winter we're outside a little we're indoors a little it's cold you know i think there was some some decent things but it wasn't against game competition so so i think that's really the the challenge that we're going to have going into the future because you have the the known quantities right the girls who played a lot the starters the all mac players even our new players we we kind of have a sense for but then you know the players who didn't play very much last year maybe we're looking to the spring to to emerge a little bit or, or grow a bit more confident that opportunity was lost and i think my worry is how are they going to respond you know you know how gabby's going to respond you know how kelsey's going to respond you know how, you know that's those are easy um the ones who are on the fringe in terms of playing opportunities, they got in, they got out, they didn't play at all. 
they were looking to an opportunity to develop and show something. Um, well, now we're back in square one in August because we got to put together a squad to compete. And there's not the same sort of um, patience that you can have when you're in the spring and you're just sort of playing around and, and experimenting with things. Um, so that'll be a real challenge for us. You know, um, I think actually it's my background, oddly enough, will be really helpful in that regard because that's kind of what we were used to. I, I mean, for 17 years at, at the Division Three level, like we didn't really have a great spring season and we'd have one game and <laughs> everyone kind of came back in, in this fall and you had a short, you know, a short time to, to kind of figure things out. So um, it is what it is. We'll figure it out. But I think the, the loss of of games in the spring um, is going to be is going to resonate a little bit more um, as we get going again on the on the psychology of it um, and trying to figure out how to manage those personalities who you know lost some opportunities. Now I do have to ask, what have the last few weeks been like for you and your group? Are you able to have communication with your team? Is there set you know, string of workouts that your players have to do? What what has everything been like right now? Um, you know, probably very similar to most. Um, we've had some regular communications. We've had big group stuff. We've had small group. We've had individual um, meeting, Zoom meetings. Um, we actually, they've been working out, I mean, as much as they can. Um, it's like almost your summer training mode, to be honest. I mean, you get your workout and you have to kind of go do it on your own. Um, We've tried to do things, some things as a group, but it's it's hard. I mean, to kind of manufacture stuff like that. So we sort of trusted them to do sort of what they needed to do and follow the the workouts that that our strength and conditioning people have provided. We did one fun activity where we did some game breakdown. We took um, the U.S. Who they play U.S. and Spain game from this winter. We did sort of a game analysis with our with our players. That was pretty cool. Um, sort of in, tested their soccer brains a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest concern, really, beyond like the the physical preparation or the tactical or technical stuff. I mean, we encourage them to do stuff. We we did um, a couple of videos. We did a PSA. We did some other fun stuff. Just keeping them in a good mental spot. Um, it's been challenging, unbelievably, for for everybody. And I think. I think getting um, a focus on on mental health and and just trying to keep people, you know, in a good spot without putting too much emphasis on, you know, what are we doing to stay fit, or whatever. Like we're just going to do the best we can. We're going to deal with it. We're going to, you know, you know, just have. You no know, one really knows what's going to happen, so we're we're struggling to kind of come up with a, a plan that makes sense. Um, but I think just mental health staying connected, showing them that we support them. Um, it's really all we've been really focusing on because that's really all we can focus on. I do have to ask before we uh, turn the corner, who has had the best Zoom background or who has had their personnel <laughs> during these digital times? You know, what's been interesting is um, just seeing their location where they've opted to set right. up. Yeah, Because some, some girls will be in their um, dining room or something like that. And a bunch are sitting in their bed. So you see their, you know, all their wall decorations and, you know, they're, some of them haven't painted their room since they were probably 10 or 12 and they're pink and got all these fun colors and whatnot. Um, but uh, nothing, nothing terribly, uh, I have to say nothing terribly that interesting so sorry to disappoint you on that <laughs> well hey it's interesting to know that uh 
a few players might need to get a little bit of a paint upgrade. Hey, they you know, should. Summer projects, right? We've teased them about it. I was like, you know, you know, you're not ten anymore. You can change. You can change the color to something less girly if you'd like, and you know, less little kiddish. So they know. So yeah, something to talk about during these times, right? Yeah. Well, um, one thing that I am looking forward to discussing, you recently announced your uh, recruiting class, the class of 2024, which is an eight-member class, uh, your second real true recruiting class for Fairfield Women's Soccer. Um, there's always like an identity or common theme within every recruiting class, whether it's trying to hit your targets or fill some roles that you're looking to, um, or perhaps kind of the type of player that you're looking for that class. So I'm curious, when you put this group together, what were you looking for? Well, I think this is actually the the first group that I felt like we could really influence, to be honest. I mean, this year's freshmen, um, we 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 put together, um, you know, when we got here in the in the winter of 2018, and you know, there was a couple girls that had come in committed and and whatnot, but then the, ma- the majority of it we sort of had to kind of come back to, and the, and the timing of things for us at that point were, you know, quote unquote late by by some standards of of Division One women's soccer, so. We really got into this group right away. So in the first three or four months that we got here, we were recruiting this class. Um, this group is going to be how I think you're going to see more athleticism, more soccer ability, um, some pace. Um, they're they're hardworking. I think you're going to see a bit of grind from them. Um, all play at really good levels of, of club soccer um competitive levels so you can't really hide um and and been sort of playing at that level with good players and against good players for three or four years easily so so i think in terms of what we wanted to bring we wanted to we want to play fast we want to we want to be able to to counter press we want to be able to cover ground we want to be able to be fit and, and do those things at a high rate over the course of 90 minutes. And I think these players certainly bring some of that um, that we sort of haven't had in mind from the get-go as to what, what I thought could be really um, important ingredients to building a successful program. Now, when you look at this class, it's kind of interesting how you look now at the whole realm of your group because – it's going to be a very young team, but a bit of an experienced team as well. Last year, you brought in over a dozen first-year players. You brought in a couple of transfers as well, uh, not to mention the fact that just the overall returning group is very large. You only graduated four from last year. I did a little bit of a look into the stats uh, from last year, not to mention the fact that you return eight all-league honorees, which is pretty special in its own right, mm-hmm. but – you return a possible like 85% of the total starts that you gave out from last year. And of that 85%, uh, close to 70 are going to be rising sophomores and juniors. You've got a lot of competition ahead of yourself and your group, which I know probably makes you smile deep down inside. No question. We're going to be deeper. And I think for me, my coaching philosophy has always been rooted in having depth. And I know, and others can disagree. Others like say, you know, these are my 11. I'm going to play these 90 minutes every game. And that's just how it goes. And, and that's fine. Um, our approach has always been slightly different. So I think competition in the squad um, is healthy and keeps everyone sharp. Um, it keeps us in a good 
strategic position if, there, if people go down, if there's an injury and, and that kind of stuff. Like we, we have a pretty good sort of layer effect. If, um, and then two, we can, we can rotate players. You know, we can play six midfielders in the course of a game. We can play six strikers. We can, we can do some things that are going to wear teams down. And, and I think one of the things that I've noticed in a couple of seasons in the MAC, there's, there's not a lot of depth across the board. I mean, once, once you get past those first, the first units, typically there's not much after that um, in terms of when someone goes out, someone new comes in of, of the same or, or greater quality. We want to, we want to make that part of what we do. So when we bring, we bring Nicole off, we bring L Scott in and they're like, Holy cow. Like, well, who is this kid? You know, why is, you know, and they're so, so I think that that sort of element really creates, um, you know, a, a real handful for opposition to deal with because there's no letting down. You can't, you can't take a break, you know, and, and if one, one starts to, and one's having a bad day, you can, you can change it out. So, so I think depth um, is important. Athleticism, pace, and um, commitment. I think you add all those things together and, and you're right. There's going to be a lot of competition. It's going to be great training environment. Um, and it's going to be, you know, if all things go well, like I, I think, as you said, we're, we've got, we're young, but we've got some experience. I still think we're another year away. I think by the fall of 21, we could be really on to something. Um, and then definitely going forward, we, that, that could really get us going. But we're still a little young, still got some of that inexperienced stuff that, that gets in your way. But um, as you said, we've got a lot of returning players that saw a lot of minutes. They know the program, that know the style, that know the expectation. And I think sets a really strong culture for teaching the new girls how to how to respond. Now you did mention one of those names, so I think it would be fair if we mentioned all the names of your uh, eight member class. And by the way, if you haven't had a chance to go do so, you can go look uh, about the players, you know, high school and club resumes. Uh, some comments from Coach Barrett as well. That's on FairfieldStags.com. So the class is Sydney Corbett, Angela Belosa, Juliet Grasso, Marina Corrales, Maddie Kylie. Caroline Kelly, Allie Kirby, and L. Scott. Um, of that group, and I know it's obviously a little difficult right now to say like, oh, okay, well, we can see this person here, this person there, but is there anybody that perhaps of that group really excited you to say like, hey, there's a chance that they might be hitting the ground running and competing for a starting spot right away? Yeah, no question. I, I would say there's probably four or five that are going to, um, when they get to campus, they're going to, I mean, again, like, it's all potential, right? So that's is assuming they're physically prepared and mentally prepared. Um, L is going to be really good. Um, she's fast. She's dynamic. She's played at a really high level. Her stars team in Massachusetts is really good. And, um, you know, she played high school this year and just killed it. <laughs> so she can, she can score. Maddie Kylie is going to be good. Um, we think she's got a lot of ability. Uh, I think Caroline Kelly is going to add a lot. She's athletic and dynamic. Um, she can play in the back. She can play in midfield. Um, Allie Kirby is going to bring something to the table. Um, love her grit and, and ability to just be tough. Um, she can really hit a ball as well. Um, she's versatile. She could play in the middle almost anywhere in midfield. Um, you know, I think Juliet's going to add to our goalkeeping depth. Um, it's going to make for really challenging training environments, um, which is great. Um, you know, and, and the others, I mean, that's not to discount Sid or, or Angela um, or, or Marina. I think they're all going to add 
something significant. I mean, there's no one on that list that we go, well, you know, she's just kind of here and, you know, we're not that excited. I, I think genuinely we think this group is going to raise the level of our team significantly, um, which is saying something because I think we've got some good players returning too. So, so I think it's going to be really interesting when we start training this group and um, seeing how it all pieces together. And, and that's where the, the player management and psychology comes into play and, and getting everyone to sort of get on the same page in terms of doing what's best for the team because not everyone can play all the time. So certainly going to be a lot of fun to look forward to. And also uh, we were talking about earlier about how fun uh, the group was last year. If you haven't had a chance to go see what the Fairfield women's soccer team looks like, or maybe just want a, a refresher, hey, we've got some time on our hands right now. Uh, you can go back and watch a, a lot of our games from the past season, past couple seasons. Just head on over uh, the Fairfield University Athletics Facebook page. All the games from home are archived there, so you can go have some fun. And also keep an eye on the Stag Sports Network Twitter account as we've been throwing up some of our favorite games over the past couple of years. And before we go, Dave, uh, one thing that we wanted to touch on briefly, uh, there's a bit of a connection right now with the current circumstance of uh, the world really trying to fight uh, the COVID-19 pandemic as well with Fairfield University Women's Soccer. In fact, if you go on fairfieldstags.com, been highlighting some student-athletes that have been you know, on the front line helping the cause out. One of those former Fairfield women's soccer player, Megan O'Brien, the class of 2015, um, who has been spending some time in working in New York City helping uh, fight on the front line. But also some of your current players as well who are going through the steps um, in that field. And I know you wanted to talk about that briefly and some of the work that they have coming up ahead. The, um, yeah, thanks, JJ. That's, that's, a, that's true on, on all respects. And, and I think um, the, we have a number of nursing majors right now uh, that are going through their, their health education. And um, this has been a real challenging time because they've lost opportunities to, to be hands-on, which is, which is really what training is all about um, in that, in that field. But um, there's, they're all the good, I guess, on, on, a, on a, the bright side of it, they're able to kind of get involved with their summer jobs a little bit sooner. And um, I know that a number of them are, are doing that. A couple of that I just wanted to highlight. I know Amy Ackerley is going to be working at the Yale New Haven Hospital this summer in, um, on, in, in infectious diseases. So she's going to be literally in the, on the front line. Um, Liz Dumas is working at a, at a children's hospital in Boston. So not, not quite the same, but certainly, um, you know, in, in amongst the, the, the thick of it. Um, and others, I think we have six or seven other nursing majors who are doing a variety of different things um, this summer um, to try to gain some experience. And, and as such, they're gonna be right there um, with with the doctors and nurses who who are fighting um, to keep us healthy and and we're keeping our fingers crossed that numbers are going down and and hospitalizations are going down and and a treatment is not too far off that we're able to kind of cope with all this um, in a better in a better light in the not too distant future. Well, we appreciate the work really that everybody is doing on the front line uh, to make sure to keep us all safe and healthy. And of course, best of luck to your student athletes who are going to be heading to those jobs and those internships very soon. Yeah, they're, uh, they're going to do great stuff. So I'm really excited for them. Um, I know they're excited about it as well. 
Well, Dave, we appreciate the time that you've had to spend with us, talk a little bit about last year and the look ahead to the coming season. So stay safe and uh, hope to see you back real soon. Appreciate it, JJ. Take care of yourself. Thank you very much. And for more information, of course, make sure to stay tuned uh, to FairfieldStags.com as well as on our social media channels um, at Fairfield Stags on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow what's happening on Fairfield Women's Soccer. Go to at StagsWSoccer on Twitter at Fairfield UW Soccer on Instagram. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, the Stag Sports Net on Twitter. So for everyone here, I'm JJ Duke signing off. See you next time. Until then, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.